before my God. What a joy to know that God is always seeking after us, looking out for us. Who am I that the highest king will welcome me? Who am I that the king of the universe says his mind is always full of me? Who am I that God will say, I know the thought that I think towards you. The thoughts of good are not of evil to bring you to the expected end. Who am I that his eyes will run to and fro the universe to watch over me and to look after me and to care so much about me? Who am I that the highest king will welcome me? Glory be to Jesus. It's really a joy to know that God's mind is full of me. Always thinking about me. Even when I don't feel worthy. Even when I don't think that even when I think he's wasting his time about me, he's still thinking about me. He's still looking out for me. Will you lift your two hands today and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your good thoughts towards me. Thank you for your love. 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 Father, we honor you for your love in our lives. We thank you. We thank you for always looking out for us. Thank you for inviting us into your family. Thank you for grafting us in. Thank you for the spirit of adoption. Thank you for the spirit of sonship. Thank you for opening the door to us to come into your family. Sometimes we don't feel worthy, but we know it's not about us. It's by your intention. It's by your it's by what you have decided to do and we choose to just love on you today we honor you our father so we ask Lord that you show forth yourself today in the midst of your people we receive your grace for the preaching and teaching of your word in a way that will bring understanding that will bring revelation knowledge that will transform lives that will heal that will set free and deliver Spirit of the living God, we give you the right of way. This is your time and your moment. We give you permission to invade our lives, to invade our heart, to captivate this moment and use it for your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' precious name. Somebody say it better. Amen. Somebody blessed to be in God's presence today. Yeah. Can we go ahead and celebrate Jesus? All right, are you going to help me celebrate everyone joining us from some of our other churches, from Toronto, from London, England, everyone joining us online. Can we go ahead and celebrate them today? Let's bless them, bless them. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a joy to be in God's presence. Look at your neighbor if you're right in the room and tell your neighbor, say, God loves you. Say, can you feel his love? If your neighbor is not answering, tell him, tell him or her, I can feel his love. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. All right, let me tell your neighbor also, tell your neighbor, say, but I also love you. With the love of the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> I hope your neighbor is saying he's smiling. Uh, somebody saying, I also love you. <laughs> that is not the love of the Lord. Yeah, love of the Lord is from the heart. 
There's nothing romantic about it. It's not based on feeling. It is based on determination. Yeah, it is, it is, it is based on, you know, what I've just decided to do. Just the same way God loves us. God just decided to love us. Yeah, the other things can come in later, but we just, it just loves us. And that's the way we are also supposed to love our brethren. I want to welcome everyone to church today and everyone joining us online and from any of our other churches. Please put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the teaching and preaching of God's word. For everyone right in the room, I know it's a raining day in, in, you know, in our own environment here in Lagos, Nigeria today. I don't want you to try not to feel the cold, yeah? Try not to feel the cold. Just, just enjoy the warm embrace of the Holy Ghost and then we will work on the climate control. I mean, we'll control the climate in the room also that you are not uh, cold. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, are you ready for God's word today? Uh, make sure you get a response from them. So we started uh, a new teaching series, Level Up the Covenant Way, last week, and I got lots of feedback on how impactful the message was Last week, if you, uh, if, if, if you were not in church and you didn't join online, please get on our YouTube page and watch, you know, level up uh, the Covenant Way, uh, the first uh, message in the series, which we tag the new. We're continuing this same message today, uh, and I want you to open up your heart. Open up your heart, the Bible says, because the Bible says that the same word that was preached to us was preached to them, uh, but it did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in their heart. When our hearts are opened up, what happens is that the word of God meets with faith in our heart and it's able to bring forth results. It's able to make the right kind of impact. There are forces in the universe, but the greatest force in the universe is the force of God's word because that force leads to the force of righteousness. And the force of righteousness is one of also the greatest force on earth. You know, there are many forces at play from time to time. The force of truth, for instance, is eternal. Yeah. And many things will happen and pass away, but truth remains true forever and ever. There are some things that just don't change and when we anchor our lives on those things, we realize that we can live in the realm of God. We can live in the realm of God. And that's why I'm encouraging that you open up your heart to this. We've titled this RSVP New Covenant. Uh, you know when you receive an invitation, at the bottom part you see RSVP. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a French word or statement. Yeah. Some people are helping me already. If you, if you are bold enough, you can go ahead and say it. Let the room hear you. Yeah. But simply speaking, RSVP, like I said, is, is a prompting to respond to the invitation. Yeah. Sometimes they say regrets only. That's if you are not able to make it. Let us know. So we can count you out. Yeah. So, we, so we, we're not going to prepare for you if you're not going to be able to make the party or the meeting. So reply to an invitation 
indicating whether one plans to attend, engage, or connect or not. Are you coming? That's the question. When you see RSVP, what we're saying is, are you coming? Are you engaging? Are you connecting? You know, uh, and sometimes you get a reminder that says, if you have not RSVP'd, make sure you do so. Sometimes you see something that says, the event is free and open to the public. You just need to RSVP. <laughs> and the covenant is free and open to anyone that will accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, but you need to RSVP. You, you need the appropriate response that says, count me in. Yeah, count me in. And that's the big question I want to ask somebody here this morning. You, you started hearing about the covenant. This is not the first time you're hearing about the need for you to walk in a covenant with God, to gain a covenant consciousness. We emphasized last week, for instance, that God's covenant with man has always been at the instance of God, not man. God was the one that called Abraham into a covenant with himself. Can you put a recap uh, uh, slide on the screen for me? Let me do a quick recap, just for somebody that wasn't around last week. Quickly, multimedia. Recap. Yeah. God's covenant with man has always been on the insta in the, at the instance of God. God showed up to the first man that he caught a covenant with Abraham in uh, uh, Genesis 12. Come out of your family, out of your family house, and, out of, and go to the place that I will show you, and I will walk with you. I will uh, cut a covenant with you. I will make your name great and all that. Abraham did not solicit for that. And John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his son, not because the world was asking for his son, or the blood of his son, or for them to get into a covenant with God. It was God's prerogative to invite you and I into the covenant. It was his prerogative. Always been fueled by the love of God that he has for man, for humanity, the covenant has always been redemptive in its intent and in its nature and always aimed at including man in God's plan. Do you want to get into God's plan? Then be mindful of the covenant. Be mindful of the invitation. And what this second message is going to emphasize is the need for you to RSVP. To be able to say, count me in. Count me in. The new covenant, like we emphasized <clears throat> last Sunday, in Christ is the highest and most powerful blood covenant in the entire universe. The highest. The highest. When you understand it, like I said last Sunday, you will never be afraid again of people who drink any kind of blood. you never be afraid. You know some people here, when you see a shrine, especially here in Africa, as those of us who are from Africa, Joining the service, you, 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 one way or the other, except you have always lived in the metropolis, you know, in big cities, even if you have always lived in big cities like Lagos. Yeah. All you need is just to go to a certain part of the city. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. 
The Saturday before this church launched, a week before, we had a prayer walk because we, underst we, we understood how to pray and take charge of the atmosphere. Our church launched at the Lagos Island part at, uh, you know, the, the, the city mall in Onikon. That's where this church launched our first Sunday service on the 10th of October, uh, 2010. The Saturday before, we took a prayer walk, my team and I. I joined the team that was in charge of Lagos Island. Some people took Victoria Island, and some people took the Lekki region. We didn't even know we were going to end up in this area. And we prayer walk these old places, speaking into the atmosphere, declaring that we are covenant children of the covenant-keeping God, and we have come to take over on the behalf of God. When we walk through the Lagos Island, early in the morning, to 7 a.m., we were already there. One, of, one or two of people on my team happened to be from Lagos Island. So they took us into the nicks and crannies, from the Obas Palace to Idigoron, you know, all these places that were like strongholds of something, something. Yeah. <laughs> God will give you understanding, yeah. We entered, we were seeing fresh sacrifices that morning. Some of those sacrifices were blood and all that. But you, you know, you step into all those places because you know that you, you were born of the blood. And that blood is the blood of the sinless son of God. Anyone that is still caught in a covenant with blood of animals must not be able to harass you. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Even covenants that were done with the blood of a sinful human being must not, cannot, and will never be able to withstand covenant caught by the blood of the sinless son of God. That's why you should stop being afraid of other blood covenants because the covenant that we have with God is superior to any other covenant, superior to any other blood covenant. The next time somebody tells you that they drink blood, tell them you have been drinking blood a long time. Yeah. Every time you partake of the communion, don't take it for granted. Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant in my name. He said, as you take this, do it in remembrance of what I've done for you. You see, the problem is that most people take communion like, you know, that they're just drinking wine with their friends. You know, and just do it anyhow. No sense of reverence to say that, look, this, this is symbolic. This is important. This sets me apart and reminds me of my covenant obligations. Yeah. So we emphasized last Sunday that covenants are about inclusion, not just transaction. Yeah. It's about inclusion. It brings us into God's family. Covenants are, you know, about family, not just gain. It's about family. It's about family. It's about family. I'm going to get into it in a bit. That's what you saw in Luke 15. When the prodigal son tried to make the covenant about material things, he was very transactional in the way he RSVP'd the covenant. Remember the story of the prodigal son, the lost son? The guy just thought this thing is about money and material stuff. So, 
the moment he became of age, he just went to meet his father. <laughs> you know, I have inheritance now. Yeah. Signed the check. <laughs> he made it about the check. But the father is always making it about inclusion. 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 The New Testament believer must understand that the covenant that we have in Christ is not about material gain only. The African Christian, Christians all over the world, must understand that God wants us to be okay, but the covenant is not just about being okay. It's about being a son and a daughter of God. It's about inclusion. It's about family. It's not about transaction. Somebody is in church today, you are trusting God for your next breakthrough. That is not bad. But don't overfocus on that next breakthrough to the point where what will bring the breakthrough, even if it will alienate you from the family of God, you don't mind. No. That is not the covenant. Are we still together? Yeah. You want the next breakthrough? You want to get the next job? Don't go on that next job interview and be lying. <laughs> a child of God does not lie. The Bible calls the devil the father of lies. In their family, lie, lying is their native language. Yeah, that's what Jesus told the, 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 the Pharisees. said, you are like your father, the devil. <laughs> so your native language is lies. The devil himself is the father of lies. So behave. That's what I'm saying. And don't, 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 don't just say because I want the breakthrough, I can lie to get it, I can do this to get it. The covenant is not like that. It's about inclusion. We must always have that at the back of our mind. We have been invited into something that is greater than us. And covenants are about joint life outcome, like we said, that all of us can have a joint life outcome with God, with Christ. Because we, the Bible says we are joint heirs with him. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. It's about joint life outcome. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. So can you help me ask your neighbor, will you RSVP the covenant? I want to speak to two responses that are extremely important to the new covenant. Two responses that are important to the new covenant. When we talk about whether you, you want to RSVP the covenant, there are two ways that we must respond to the covenant that are very important. Before I get into that, I also want to just say this in, you know, in passing, that a car that you do not, you know, that you do not start will not move for you. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. A car that you do not start will not move for you. You, you have to step into a car and start it. By the, by the way, uh, maybe this gives me a good opportunity to share a testimony. Uh, because I was recently blessed with a car. You have not seen me with it. All right. No, just take a look. <laughs> uh, this time, I mean, I, I must tell you the truth. You know, I always try to be accountable. Yeah, it's a good car. When you see me on it, your money is not inside. Yeah, I just want you to know. I just want you to know. Yeah. Some good men in this church just came together and said, our pastor needs another car. Before now, I have only one car. 
said, needs another befitting car. And that was how this car came. Yeah. So, even me, I've never been surprised like that before in my life. I was extremely surprised when I saw, you know, the car in my house. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Debo was uh, part of the coup plotting that brought the car to the house. But um, I've been out of the country a bit, and since I got back, they were trying to put a, uh, get the car registered so it can have a plate number. So when I get home, in the last few days, I'll say, where is the plate number so that we can start to drive this car? Because uh, the car that you have, you did not start, how do I put it? It can't move you to where you want to go, right? It's the same thing in life generally. There are things that you do to, like you step into the covenant, like you step into the car, and you start the engine. Yeah. And then the car takes you to where you want to go. Especially if it's a good car like the one I just got. Don't worry, when you see it, you will rejoice with me. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> so, are you ready to start the car? Should we count you in? How do you want to you know, step in? What is your appropriate response? Yeah. What is your appropriate response? What is the expected response to the new covenant so that it can start to work for you and you can start to benefit from it? Let's get into it quickly. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, Romans 8 and verse 1 and 2, it says, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Say, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. There's something that is called the law of sin and death, which is enabled by guilt and condemnation. When you say something is dead, that thing can no longer respond to stimuli. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. It can't respond to anything. There's a way the devil wants to keep you and I in a state where we cannot respond to God's love, where we cannot respond to the covenant, where we cannot respond to divine forces around us. A dead thing cannot respond to any kind of stimulus. Am I saying the truth? The way... The devil rejoices when Christians cannot respond to the love of God or respond to the covenant that we have in Christ Jesus. That's, that's what delights him the most, which is the reason why you must take this message very seriously. How are you responding to the covenant invitation? How are you responding to the love of God? What is your appropriate response? Because you are not dead, you are alive. Say amen, somebody. It's only a dead person, spiritually or physically, that will not be able to respond. And the Bible says that we have been 
freed from the law of sin and death. Yeah. So there's a way a spirit that is made alive responds to God. And you hear me tell your neighbor, say, I've been made alive through the blood of Jesus. So I will respond to the love of God. I will respond to the covenant that I have with Jehovah. Glory be to Jesus. So I pray for somebody here today, anyone joining online in any of the other churches, I pray for you today that the law of sin and death will no longer keep you spiritually immobile. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you will no longer be passive towards the love of God. Oh, somebody say better, amen. Amen. You know, sometimes you go through situations and circumstances that want to convince you that the covenant is not working or that the covenant is not real. In fact, the devil will remind you of chains of events. And when you remember all that, you have to conclude by saying that it means I'm not acceptable to God, uh -uh, then the guilt and the condemnation of everything that you have ever done wrong in your life will come back to you. Yeah. But you must always remind yourself, I have a place at the table. Yeah. God loves me anyhow. The covenant is still open to me. That was where the prodigal son got to in Luke 15. Uh, when you read, uh, I think maybe verse 18 or 19. Can you put it up for me? Where he got to a point where he knew he had messed up. I, I messed up. You know, I, in verse 18 he said, I will now arise and go to my father. And I will say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer, verse 19, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. This is a suboptimal RSVP to the covenant. This is a suboptimal response to the love of God. And God proved it to us through this parable. Some people now see themselves as second-rated citizens. Some people will just say, God, if you can just give me this job, I will never ask for anything again. Somebody's talking about accommodation. If you just give me this two-bedroom flat, I'll never... I mean, if you have ever slept on the road before, yeah, you will tell God, if I have one room, I'll be okay for the rest of my life. Yeah, I know I'm looking at people who have been there here because I've heard, heard all kinds of testimonies. When I came to this city, I told God, if I'm able to get somebody's BQ to stay, I'll be okay. I didn't know that uh, the plan that God has for me is more than boys quarters, BQ. That's what we call it in this part of the world, BQ. And if you get somebody's BQ, I'll just be okay. And what happened was my older brother was the first to move into this city, and he had this one-bed apartment. And one day I was visiting him, and we, went, we visited his boss. He was working in a bank. His boss, his manager, uh, you know, somewhere in Bagada, and went to the manager's house. It was a duplex, and he had a BQ, a two-room BQ. I walked past the BQ and said, ah, this place is nice. Even though this man can just give me this back, this big, I'll be okay. In this city, I'll just be okay. <laughs> I pray for somebody today. Your own may not be BQ. Somebody here, all you are thinking right now is, God, just give me a house in Banana. Your destiny is too big for Banana Island. I just need you to know that. Yeah. You cannot limit the God of the universe 
to one small island in Lagos. And that's all you are using to rate him for the value of the covenant that he has with you. What is wrong with you? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. As expensive, as beautiful as anywhere in the world is. I was in, you know, in Ontario a few weeks ago. There, there's a place, they call Oakville. Interestingly, that's where the church may be moving to soon. If you live in Oakville, you are... God is not the God of Oakville. God is not the God of Victoria Island or Lekki or Banana. God is too big for that. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And everything that dwells within it. Yeah? It is when we make it about material things that we just, we limit our status to God if we can just, yeah. So the prodigal son went and because he has misbehaved, he lost a sense of his status. He felt God was going to rate him based on all his errors and downgrade him to a domestic staff from being a bona fide son. And he crafted his own statement of reunion, his RSVP, his response. And his response was, I don't want to be inside. Keep me outside with the servants. And that's maybe somebody's response for a while right now. But God is changing it today. Amen. Oh, can I get a better amen from you? Amen. I said God is changing it today. Because God is bringing you in to the fullness of what he has in mind for you as you start to open up your heart. Don't change your status. He has not changed his mind. You are a son. You are not a staff. Yeah. You messed up, notwithstanding. When the prodigal son showed up, his father saw him from afar. Go and kill the fatted calf. Bring me a nice garment. Put it on him. My son was lost. Now he's found. He is still a son. Though he was lost, we only found him. Yeah, we only found him. The father was lost does not change his status. Is somebody still with me today? Glory be to Jesus. So quickly. Two appropriate responses that will guarantee that you continue to enjoy the full benefits of the covenant, that you will deepen your covenant work with God from time to time, that you will not live a life of fear or guilt or condemnation, but you will continue to increase in the knowledge of Christ and the will of God for your life. One is to be rooted and established in love. Yeah, to be rooted and established in love. God loves man and draws him into covenant with him. Man gets the option to love God in respond to. But sometimes we don't respond appropriately. We don't respond appropriately. Some of us here right now, the way we are treating our disposition towards the love of God, if it was a human love relationship, you cannot sustain that relationship overnight. Not even for one day. Some of us, the way we behave towards the love of God, we behave as if we have never fallen in love with human being before. Yeah. We behave as if we have never fallen in love with a human being before. And yet, we want God to feel that we are appropriately responding to the covenant. No, we are not. Yeah. Love is the reason why the blood was flowing on the cross of Calvary. It was because of love. 
God desires our fellowship so much that it caused his son to die. His goal is an eternal love relationship with you and I. Nothing more. An eternal love relationship. And my appropriate RSVP, my appropriate response is I want to be rooted and established in love. I want to be rooted and established in love. Rooted and established in love. Ephesians chapter 3, when you read from verse 14 from the Amplified Translation, Paul was praying, you know, here. And his prayer was about being rooted in love. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14 in the Amplified Translation said, For this reason, grasping the greatness of this plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knee in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God, the first and ultimate Father, he said, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling the innermost being and personality so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And may you having been deeply rooted, somebody say deeply rooted. Say it again, say deeply rooted. Say, I want to be deeply rooted, securely grounded in love. Deeply rooted? Oh, no, you are not talking to me. Say, deeply rooted, securely grounded in love. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. I mean, you can read the rest, but what I want to bring out from there is that deeply rooted, Securely grounded in love. When I met my wife, the first thing that happened was that deep was calling to deep. Hmm. Something got my attention that made me feel like maybe there's something here. There's something Something is calling me. Something is drawing me. And that thing, though it started like, you know, checking my heart, this is just because she's nice or she's beautiful or what, you know, I like the way she walks, okay, and then, and then, and then, a lot of things were checking the boxes, and then before you know it, uh, um, we had the first date, and some things were confirmed, and, and then... I just realized that I will be thinking about her sometimes more than my work. That is when I started to feel like something I started going wrong with you. Yeah. I just felt like, okay, because it now started to take effort not to think about her. I had to, you know, like you're going to a meeting and you tell yourself, don't think about this babe, just focus on your meeting. Don't think about this babe, just focus on your meeting. Yeah. Then you, that, that is when your emotion and your love is being drawn out towards someone. Now, when you take three old days and you don't think about God, you don't think about his plans, 
You don't think about anything. You don't meditate on the scripture, his word. And you can open your mouth to say you love God. You are. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying today. Is this challenging somebody here today? Yeah. Because real love is not by mouth. Yeah. It draws on your innermost being. You are rooted and deeply secured in love. And that's what prompts the action of the covenant of marriage, especially if you are not under a negative influence. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. You, you decide to marry somebody because you know that your, your entire being is drawing out towards this person. Yeah. Towards this person. I had these friends back in the day when GSM technology just came to Nigeria. Uh, I think that was uh, in the year 2000 or something. Because I remember the day they, they opened their door and we all went to queue to get our first mobile phones and all that. And my office then registered all of us. I remember when the admin officer came with our phone boxes. I felt on top of the world. Yeah. And they said officers at certain level are the ones that can come and collect this first batch. And I was part of them. Yeah. See, when I collected that phone like this, and I walked out of the admin office <laughs> to say, we have joined the big boys. <laughs> that was how, come, how the thing was shocking us then. But it was quite expensive, yeah, to make a call. They were charging per minute, not per second. Now, I had these two friends who just started dating about that time. <laughs> Me, at that time, I didn't have a girlfriend. So I wasn't spending on phone. But you see these two people? Thank God that they are still married to today. They did it to the point where they got a call from MTN to say that they hope everything is okay and that they know their bill coming to them at the end of the month because their office got them contract lines and they will just call after work. When they're in traffic, they will be gisting they could not do without each other. Always talking. They would do night call, after office call, and all that. Until they call each of them to say, we just want to check on you, that you are real human beings, and that you know your bill. <laughs> you know your bill. <laughs> if we are still begging you to pray to God, to talk to the person you love, this your love needs fresh air. Yeah, this love needs, <laughs> needs support. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. This love is not looking like real love. It doesn't look like you miss God at all. Yeah. It doesn't look like you miss his part in your life. I'm just trying to, with humor, bring it to the fore of your mind that you need to adjust how you are as VP the covenant. Yeah, your appropriate response to the covenant. How will you not miss God for two days to even be able to remember to say a prayer to God? And you say you are in a covenant with the God of the universe. And you are not putting any effort at building that love work so that you make it strong. Are you really in love with God? Jesus asked Peter that question three times. 
in the scriptures. Time will not permit me to dig into it. Peter, in the King James, said, Love thou me more than this? After Jesus left, Peter said, I go a fishing. And the law started to drain. And Jesus, when he appeared to them, said, Love thou me more than this? He said, Keep my sheep. Pay attention to the things that are important to me. Today, in marriage counseling, we see how some people have allowed their love to work so cold. Oh, I remember. Uh, oh, I, I'm running out of time, but I need to say this. I remember many years ago, something that scared me almost to make me not to want to marry. I was a young pastor. And <laughs> this was maybe about 25 years ago. A woman walked up to our office. I was then pastoring at Daystar Christian Center. And they just said, this is the only pastor that's available to counsel with you. She, she was too distraught to think that maybe I wasn't married. There's no point talking to me about marriage. So she sat in front of me. It was her 10th wedding anniversary the day before. She had not seen her husband in three days. And they were supposed to be celebrating 10th wedding anniversary. The man just left, treated her anyhow. You know, he would come home whenever. The woman sat in front of me. He cried, told me everything. I was just shaking my head like this. Yeah. And afterwards, I just said, Madam, can I pray with you? Because I don't know what to say. <laughs> this one is above my pay grade. <laughs> and after I finished praying with her and she left, I sat down. And I heard a voice to say, are you sure you really want to marry her? Because this is what married people do to each other. I wasn't married then. Yeah. I've only been married for 20 years now. This was about 25 years ago. He said, this is what married people do to each other. And I thought about it. I had to, the whole thing had to take me back to the word of God to say, no, don't use human experience. Think about God's original intention. That was how I escaped. Well, maybe I won't be married today. I'm telling you the truth because my, the thing so affected me brought me to the level of that woman's pain. Yeah. This was a woman that was, at the time, a senior manager in, you know, a top four consulting firm, and she broke down in front of me in my office. Yeah. And, you know, she was just, and I was like, is this what marriage does to people? I'm not doing it. Yeah. Until God had to show me so I'm saying that you need to come to terms with the fact that God has a plan to love you, to delight in you, and you must also reciprocate it. There are practical expressions of God's love or, or our love for God that we must embrace. And I want you to put that on the screen for me very quickly. To delight in his presence like you delight in anyone's presence whom you love. To obey his instructions. This is a practical response to the covenant that we have in God. To love others unconditionally and serve him, God, with your time, your talent, and your treasure. You cannot, and as we continue with this teaching series, we're going to emphasize that a lot more as we step into stewardship as our appropriate response to the covenant. 
You cannot say you love God and you are not able to serve him with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. Because love is proven by your, your availability, your capacity for generosity. If you love, you will give. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. That is what is confusing many marriages and many married people. All this, I love you, I love you, I love you, and you're keeping your money aside. I love you, I love you, I love you. You give all your money to your mother. Huh? And you say, I love you. What kind of love is that? Yeah. It's completely useless love. Love that has zero foundation. Love that is complete opposite to what God has said. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. So, that is the world's model. We can't be covenant children of God and be using that model. Because I've been reading comments. And some of you may have written some of those comments. Yeah. Please, before you write comment online, remind yourself, oh, God also reads comment. I'm telling you, God reads comment. There's nothing that's going on in the universe that God is not seeing. Yeah. As a covenant child of God, your comment must align with the dictates of the covenant. There's a way we love in our kingdom. It's not the way the, the world loves. Yeah. There's a way we love in our kingdom. It's different. It's different. It's different. It's different. So practical expression. Put that, that thing back on the screen for me. Practical expression. I want to challenge everyone with this today. That as a practical expression of the love or the, how you respond to the covenant that we have with God. That you must master. To if you still don't love God's presence you have to brace yourself to the reality of it and do something about it. You must just choose to enjoy his presence. You must miss his presence. David said, as the dead pants after the water brook, so pants after, I mean, my heart after you, O God, in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. That's the expression. That's the, the example. So that's how I desire your presence. If God has not given you any instruction at all in a recent time, that means you have been cut off from him because God is always giving instruction, small or big, inclination here and there. And are you obeying? Because that's your appropriate response to the covenant. That's your appropriate response to the covenant. And to love others unconditionally and then serve God with your time, your talent, and your treasure. As I close today, Maybe next week we'll be able to unpack on this a little bit more. Because the second appropriate response is growing and expressing our faith in God. But time will not permit me to, you know, really deal with that today. Growing and expressing our faith in God. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to walk with God. I'm reading Amplified Translation. Put Amplified on the screen. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God 
and please him. Yeah. And please him. Without faith. It means my proper response to the covenant can never be complete without faith. That relationship is never going to work if there's no faith in it. Yeah. The same way if I don't demonstrate deep love, the relationship will not work. Yeah. The relationship will not work. The covenant will not go far. Yeah. Some of us here right now, one of the deepest ways that you express your affection for God is to talk about him to somebody else. Yeah. You know, when somebody has been good to you, some, some women here, you cannot stop talking about your husband. Especially to other women. So that they know that husband past husband. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not doing it to spite them. You're just so happy about your husband. It's the same way. When you preach the gospel to somebody else, you're just talking about your father or your husband. That one that has been good to you. And you're telling somebody else about it. When your mouth is shut about the goodness of God, it means that you are becoming dead in your response to his law. If you are not preaching the gospel, something is wrong. Your love is not deep enough. If it's deep enough, you'll talk about it. Yeah. If you are not placing demands on God, your faith is not strong enough. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. It is impossible to stay connected to God. And some of us here, as we continue with this teaching series, you must come to terms with the fact that God wants you to demonstrate a stronger, deeper love walk with him and also to exercise your faith at a bigger level. Knowing that he has never failed is a covenant-keeping God. The level you are is the smallest that you will ever be in your life. It's time to go to a higher level. And I don't care about your height right now. If only you will exercise your faith in God, there's something bigger. There's something bigger. I say there's something bigger. That's on your faith, everyone. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you don't mind, lift your two hands to him and say, Father, take me deeper. Take me deeper in my love walk with you. Take me deeper in my love with you. Take me deeper in my love with you. Somebody saying, Father, I want to walk in a stronger faith. Now that I know without faith, it's impossible to please you. My response to the covenant is I want to trust you more. I want to trust you more. I want to trust you more. Somebody saying, I want to love you more. 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 Lift your two hands to him today and just say, Father, teach me to walk in the covenant. Teach me to walk in the covenant. Give me a superior appreciation for the covenant that I have with you. Help me to walk with you in a deeper, in a richer, in a new way beyond what my mind can conceive or comprehend. I want to be surprised in my love with you, for you. I want to just be surprised. Yeah. I just want to be surprised. I, I want to surprise myself in the things that I can do for you. I want to surprise myself 
with my level of obedience to your instructions. Somebody pray today that you will increase in love and faith. There's always room. Media, can you put Philippians 3 and verse 12 on the screen for me? The Apostle Paul writing there said, Know that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me. Say, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Somebody receive grace today to press on. To press into deeper love for God. To press into deeper faith walk in God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. We thank you for your grace released upon someone. We thank you for somebody that is waking up out of spiritual apathy. We thank you for a backslider that is coming back home today. Father, let your love be shed abroad in our heart afresh by the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you glory and praise in the precious name of Jesus. One more prayer. I want us to speak against whatever is causing your love for God to wax cold. Or whatever is causing your faith in God to waver. Those are two things. For somebody, your love for God has just been going down. For some of that persons, it is that some things are just against your faith, trying to decimate it. Yeah, trying to decimate it. Can I tell you something? Your ex human experience cannot redefine a self-existing God. Yeah. I empathize with somebody listening to me right now. Who just had a miscarriage? And I'm speaking by the Spirit. Somebody who just had a miscarriage. God said to tell you that your miscarriage will not redefine who he is. He said, I have more children in heaven that you can never receive in your house. All I'm asking you is to step out of despondency and let your faith arise because I will yet fill your home with children. Thank you, Father, for that word. Thank you for that word for someone here. Yeah. I just need you to understand that. Whatever makes your faith to start to waver in God is just a, a natural human experience. The God that does not need encouragement, that does not need support, a self-existing God, God of the universe, cannot be redefined by the money you just lost. He is the restorer. Perhaps you lost the money because there's something bigger that God wants you to do. I mean that he wants to do in your life. 
And this one is to jack you back to life. To know that you need to awake to the covenant so that you can claim that which belongs to you and get not just restoration, but restoration with compensation. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Stand against anything that seeks to destroy your faith, anything that causes your faith in God to waver. Speak to that situation. Declare I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. My faith will not be subdued because I lost this, because this happened. No. I serve a living God. Even the devil knows that is a powerful God. And the devil knows his limits. Speak against whatever is causing your love for God to wax cold. And declare this season, I'm getting on fire for Jesus. This season, the fire of God over my life is rekindled. I am not of them that draw back unto perdition. I believe in the power of God. I will walk in the love of God. I will serve God with my life. I will demonstrate love for God. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I believe in the efficacy of the covenant. 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 Neradobo soso takalande redebosha. Makata kalagarada bayaba. Ike takrondo prende like tiko shuta yande. E granda lakuto prende legabosha. Mekrodobo soso takalagabayaba. Thank you, Jesus. E prende leke tekalabosha. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless your name. Father, we bless your name. And I want more of you. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Just for two minutes. Sing that song to him. I want more of you. Jesus. Jesus. The more I know you, the more I want to know The more I want to Jesus. One more time, I want more of you. Lift your two hands to him.
Jesus, more of you. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Online, everywhere. In the name that is above every name. I command a release of grace. A fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. Upon someone whose heart is open to the love of God afresh. Father, we ask that you have... That you invade every corner of everyone's heart. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Let your love be shed abroad in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. I call a backslider to come back home. And I decree today that your status is restored. Step into the love of God afresh. Be restored in your innermost being. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I stand against that faith destroyer. That voice of the accuser. Decimating your faith. I break the hold of that voice over your heart. I decree right now. Your faith will no longer fail. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive grace to press into higher level of faith. Receive grace to lay hold on your next faith project. Receive grace for obedience to divine instructions. You will no longer walk short of the covenant. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for somebody here. The hold of the spirit of fear is broken over your life. As you step into a new week, step in with boldness. That strange dream that brings torment, it comes to an end now in the name of Jesus. You have become the tormentor. Whatever seeks to torment you, whether in real life or dream, you will now be the one chasing that thing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says there's no enchantment against Jacob. Neither any divination against Israel that will stand. So I break the hold of enchantment and divination in your life. I decree an end has come to it in the name of Jesus. Enjoy the power that is in the blood of Jesus. Step into the fullness of your authority in Christ Jesus. You will no longer be limited. Thank you, everlasting Father. We give you glory and we give you praise. In the precious name of Jesus. Somebody who is blessed today, come on. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Just before you... Online, at this location and any other location that may be joined to this service, I want to pray for anyone who may be saying, PG, I'm far away from God. I'm disconnected from God. And this message brought me to an awareness of my complete disconnect from the covenant. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Or somebody was saying, I've never consciously stepped into a covenant with God before. I'm not born again. 
I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. With all that's bow. Can I say a prayer for somebody who wants to come into Christ? All that I'm asking right now is that you lift your right hand above your head. Whatever you may be, in this auditorium, online, at another location, can you just lift your right hand above your head? I want to give my life to Jesus. Somebody's saying, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If your hand is up, I want you to stretch it out well. Let me just see it. Let me see that you're making a decision for Christ today. Let me see that you're making a decision for Christ. If you're online, I want to go into the chat room and just write it there. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Or I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. But if you're right in the room, I want to just lift your right hand above your head and let me say a prayer with you. Thank you for those hands. If your hand is up, can you stand on your feet where you are? Just stand where you are. I want to pray for you. Stand where you are. I want to pray for you. Yeah, just stand where you are. I want to pray for you. I hope you understand that this is not about anybody. It's just about you. You and God. Yeah. We're given the privacy of the moment with heads bowed, but I just don't want you to think about anybody in this room, even if your spouse is in this room. If you are not in the covenant, you are not in the covenant, and you are exposed. Yeah. That's it. And if you really want to be true to yourself, all you want to do is Jesus I want to step back into covenant with you. Yeah. And all I'm asking is that you stand where you are in honor of our God. Yeah. The pastor is not the savior. Jesus is the only savior. And as you stand, you're standing for Jesus. This is how you respond to the call to come into the covenant. So whether you are online or you are in any room right now, I want you to respond to this. If you are online, just go to the chat or comment and let us know. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm rededicating my life to Christ. If you're right in the room or any other room where this service is being engaged, I want you to stand for this prayer. If you're standing, I want you to say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. I accept you today as my Lord and my personal Savior. I receive your invitation to come into a covenant with you. My response is yes. 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 And yes. Thank you for accepting me the way I am. I declare that I'm now a child of God, born of God, and washed in the blood. My life is no longer committed to any demonic or satanic force. I release myself fully into the hands of God from this moment forward. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. I pray for everyone saying this prayer with me today. Father, I ask let your presence fill their heart afresh. Let your glory be revealed in their lives. Walk with them. Live in them. Show them your love. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. For everyone who just said a prayer with me, our officials who come around you, I want you to just follow them, follow our ministers out just for a few minutes. You'll be back with us in the service. If you are online, 
there's a link that has been sent into the chat or comment. I want you to just click on it so that you can connect with our ministers online. They will also pass you some information that will help your engagement of the covenant. Uh, we as a responsible church want to disciple you so that you can fully walk in the covenant and you can become stable and deeply rooted. God will bless you as you embrace all of our effort in the precious name of Jesus. Can we appreciate Jesus today? Let's bless the Lord. Let's bless the Lord. Hallelujah.